welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week on Wednesday night and Thursday, we will be celebrating the holiday of Lagba Omer. The holiday of Lagba Omer falls on the 33rd day of the Omer, of the counting of the Omer, with the Sefirah of Hot Shevehot, which is humility within humility. These days of the Omer between Passover, the second night of Passover, and Shavuot are days in which we reserve the time for mourning. Uh, usually we don't cut our hair, we don't buy new clothes, we don't listen to music, uh, unless it's a cappella, we don't uh, do weddings, we don't go to parties. It's, it's a time of mourning, but Lagba Omer is like a diamond in the middle of all this uh, darkness. And on that day, it's a day in which Jewish people celebrate and listen to music. Most people go and cut, have a haircut. Many, many, there's other customs like Sephardic. Uh, they can officiate weddings after Lagba Omer. Many people get married on Lagba Omer and uh, have their bar mitzvahs, have the upsharings of their kids, the cutting of the hair of the third year, three-year-old year boy. And it's basically a day of, of rejoicing and, 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 and joy. The interesting thing is that in the counting of the Omer, we are uh, mourning the death of the 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva that died during these days. And they died because they didn't have a Habat Israel one towards the other. They, they didn't respect each other. That was a problem. It's not that they mistreated each other, but the way in which they treated each other, they showed a lack of respect. And since they were a very holy people, they were like not like you and me, they were in a very high standard, uh, Hashem took them out of this world because of the way they, they didn't tolerate and didn't respect each other. So we learn from this that love is not everything. In a relationship, you also need respect. I heard once a story of a lady that went to a rabbi and she said to, to the rabbi that she wanted to divorce her husband. And the rabbi said to this lady, but I don't understand why you're gonna divorce him. He loves you so much. And she says, yes, I know he loves me, but he doesn't respect me. And love is not enough. When there's no respect in a relationship, like really, it's, it's not something that you can manage. So this day of the 33rd day of the Omer, Lagba Omer, eh, we commemorate the, 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 the day in which these students stopped dying. And also it's a, it's a day that we rejoice and it's a very strange thing because it's the yurt side, it's the, the anniversary of the death of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who was actually the, uh, the author of the Zohar, which is the, 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 the Kabbalah. He's the one that brought the Kabbalah to the world. And Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who lived in the, in the second century of the Common Era, in the times of the, of the Second Temple, actually he was one of the students of Rabbi Akiva that survived. Uh, on the day of his death, he said to his students to not mourn him, to please not mourn him, 
to instead of mourning him to have that day as a day of rejoicing. And um, the death of Rabbi Akiva's students is, is recalled with grief. We, we're crying because of this day, because of all that potential that was taken away from the world, this tragic event. And then we see that, um, that this rabbi, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, on the day of his death, instead of us mourning him, we, there's a whole festivity around it. Like in Israel, people go to Meron, which is where he's buried, and they have bonfires and music, and it's a whole party going there. So how can we possibly reconcile these two different uh, responses of this two righteous uh, types of people, one we grieve and the other one we rejoice. What is the difference between the passing of the students of Rabbi Akiva and the passing of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai or the Rashbi as he's known? So we see here that the true tragedy of death, really the tragedy of death is that when a person leaves this world, he cannot have more effect on this world. Everybody that's alive in this world should really take into, into heart the meaning of their life. You should sit down every day and ponder what's the meaning of your life. Because we were always trying to find meaning in everything, but we never sit down and see like, okay, what, why am I here in this world? What's my purpose here? And if we live a life of purpose and every day we're working on our purpose and we're doing what is meant to be done from our part in this world, then the day that we leave this world really is not a tragic event. It's, 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 it's a joyous event because the person that leaves this world fulfilling his purpose has uh, done what he came to do. So it's like it's, it's, it's actually it's a, it's a person that has been very successful in his life and in his death too, because whatever he lives in this world is gonna be eternal. But a person that goes through life and he has no purpose, he has no meaning, the only thing he's thinking about is what is he gonna have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and what dress is he gonna wear, and uh, what car am I gonna buy, and I, what house am I gonna rent, in this person, the day he leaves this world, he's really not leaving anything eternal. He's not leaving anything that he has um, that he has left in this world. So the true tragedy of death is that it represents the closing curtain on our ability to do any more towards fulfilling the reason. God sends our souls down to earth. It is only what we bring to that moment that can earn us a legacy of achievements. Death ends the story of our response to our life's divine mission. And the Rashbi, eh, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, was a master of, of Jewish mysticism and heavenly secrets, and was one of, of these rare blessed individuals that came down to this world knowing exactly what was his mission in this world, and he was able to carry it through. So that's why the day that he passed away it was a day of joy. Because to leave this world knowing that you accomplished, there, there cannot be a bigger joy than that. I remember many years ago, I used to visit hospice. I was a volunteer in hospice. And one day I came to hospice and there was this man there. He had just arrived and he was sitting in a chair. It was something very rare to see because usually people in hospice are more there than here. And he came and he was sitting in this chair. He was dressed 
And I sat with him and I looked at him and I said, how do you feel? Can I do anything for you? And he said to me, you know what? I, I'm at peace. I'm at peace. I'm completely at peace because I know I have fulfilled my purpose in this world. I had never heard a person say this to me ever in hospice or anywhere. And this man was really at peace. The week after that I came, because I used to go every eight days, he was already in a coma in his bed and he, he was already one step away from, from heaven. But I had never felt a person that was so at peace with his life and with his death. So I, I see that this thing of purpose is really something major in our lives. A person that doesn't go through life with a purpose and a, and a goal is really a person that is losing his time. It's, it's like wasting it. Like you see, even a, a company has a life mission. Every company has a life mission. That's why they succeed because they have a purpose. They have a mission. So the same way a, a person has to have a life mission. So the, the million dollar question is, and how can we discover exactly what is our life mission? How can we know why are we here? Sometimes we look up and says, what do you want? Why am I here? What's my purpose? So King David writes, the step of man's man are directed by God. The Baal Shem Tov, the 18th century uh, founder of the Hasidic movement said, he explained this, this verse in the following manner. Although we go about our daily tasks at what seems to be our, our own initiative and will, our, step, our steps are guided for a spiritual, spiritual and loftier purpose. So we end up in a specific place at a specific time. We have to meet this specific person and that's when we have to see okay what's my purpose here you know I moved to New York uh, a little less than four years ago it's, it's a decision that my husband and I made in, the, in a second in a split second and we moved here and I remember when I just arrived I, I looked up and I said what do you want from me why am I here what's the purpose here it cannot be that you took me out of Miami where I was giving seven shiurimai a week to different places, to different people, and then you're putting me in New York, and now what? What am I doing here? What's my purpose? How, how can I find it? And the truth is that I didn't have to go out and look for it. The purpose came to me. And it was an idea that came to me in my head, and I said, yeah, you know what? I have to do a website, and I have to have start posting my classes in this website. And in that way, I will be able to reach much more people than with my seven classes a week. And that was what Hashem wanted from me at that moment. I also remember a friend of mine that also moved from one country to another, and it was a very different life experience, one country from the other. And I asked her, how do you survive here? And she says, because I didn't come here to look at what this place could give me. I came, he I came here looking at what I can give to this place. So this is a, a mindful perspective of life. This is a purposeful way of looking at life. Every time you're stuck in a place, you're stuck in the airport, you're stuck in your car, there's traffic, instead of getting angry, instead of getting desperate, Ask yourself, what is my purpose here? Why am I here? I remember many years ago, I heard a story of uh, the Rebbe's in Hayamushka, Schneerson, the wife of the, of the late Lubavitch Rebbe. 
and she was going to a certain place her driver was driving her and suddenly there was a detour and um, and they couldn't go the regular route they had to detour and when they were in a certain street she saw this lady crying outside of her house and she was crying and she was running after these men that were taking away her furniture and the Rebetzin said to the driver stop here and ask that lady what's going on so they stopped and the driver went to her and asked her what was going on he came back to the rabbits and he says no there she hasn't been able to pay her rent for many months and so the owner of the house is evicting her he's taking her out and so she asked the, the driver to go and ask her how much money does she need in order to be able to stay in that house how much she owed so the driver came back and gave her a crazy amount of money and the Rebetzin took out her checkbook and wrote down the check and gave it to him and said, please give this to her. So the, the, the driver was like beyond himself. He couldn't understand what the Rebetzin was doing. This is a woman he, she doesn't know, most likely wasn't even Jewish, like, like Sedaka, whatever. She had no idea if it's true, not true, whatever. She wrote that check. And when they were on their way, the driver said to the rabbits, and look, rabbits, and I'm sorry to, 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 to ask, I don't wanna be like um, Snoopy, but I want to understand why you gave this lady, this unknown person, that huge check of money. It doesn't make sense to me. So the Rebetzin told him a story that her father, their previous Rebbe, Yosef uh, Yitzhak, had told her when she was little that whenever a person is taken out of their, of their way, like if you're going on a certain direction and suddenly you have to go another direction and you encounter something in the way, it's, it's meant for you. It's, it's part of your purpose. You have to stop and you have to see what, how you can help at that moment. And, um, and that's what it is. So it says here, the Baal Shem Tov is explaining to us that Hashem guides our ways. And God leads us to the location where our mission lies. We don't always need to find it. He orchestrates the circumstances to ensure that we have the position and tools to fulfill it. The challenge is to seize the moment. That's the challenge. The challenge is to be aware, to be uh, awake, to, 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 to grasp it, to, to take control over it. And when we find ourselves in a specific place and situation that speaks to our abilities and calls for our involvement, it is the greatest indication that there is something for us to accomplish there. So Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, he was one of the students of the surviving students of Rabbi Akiva. And at the moment in which the temple was being destroyed, the Roman emperor, he knew that the Rashbi was talking against him and he had put a decree that he was gonna kill him. He had a decree to be hanged or killed. And so he hid in a cave with his son for 13 years, I think it was, and they were in this cave for 13 years under the sand. They would take off their clothes, so they would have clothes for 13 years, and they would bury themselves in the sand, and they would uh, get all the mystical aspects of the Zohar. Hashem gave it to them, and that's how they were able to write it. And they survived because um, a well was there for them in the entrance of the cave, a miracle as well. And also, 
uh, there was a carob tree and between the carob tree and this water they were able to survive and he understood that the persecution of the Roma, Roman emperor was really part of his of his uh, mission in life to hide in a cave to bring the, 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 the knowledge of the mystical parts of the Torah to the world it was time to bring this huge light into the world and he understood this was his mission this was part of his purpose so Einstein is surely uh, very wise and he said try not to become a man of success rather try to become a man of, of value so to become a person of value we have to really tap into mindfulness to tap into Hashem's will what God wants from us and to be awake to look at every sign that is in front of us. If you find a person that is in need, it's part of your purpose. If you find that uh, you're all, God forbid, in need, it's part of your purpose. So anything that happens to you is part of your purpose. It's up to you to see if you take the challenge and you seize the moment. So Lakpa Omer is a powerful reminder to all of us that death may not be, not, may not be a curse. If like the, the Rashbi, we can reflect on the days of our lives as meaningful contributions to the betterment of ourselves, our family, our people, and the world at large, if we leave a legacy of good deeds and a life of inspiration to others, our passing can partake of the extraordinary last instruction of the Rashbi, who gave us a remarkable holiday, a holiday which is able to turn death into the day of my joy. So I want to wish you a Hag Sameah, beautiful Lakba Omer. It's a, type, a time to tap into your inner, inner, inner strength and to remember that there's a light in this world that you and only you can bring. Maybe we are not in the, in the level of, of, of the Rashbi and, and his son to bring such lofty teachings into the world, but nevertheless, each one of us at our own level, we have a tremendous light to give to the world. And this is the time to remember that. So I wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.